Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is former NFL quarterback and ESPN analyst, Dan Orlowski. Dan, how's it going? Very good, man. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you coming on. Good to be with you, bud. For sure. Uh, Let's just go back a little bit. Uh, Growing up in Connecticut, how did you first get involved in football? I started playing football at about eight or nine years old. I had always played baseball at a super young age. Football was something that was introduced to me by my dad and played flag football for the first couple of years of my kind of football life, if you want to call it that. And then from there, went to two years at Pop Warner. Luckily, where I grew up in, in Shelton, Connecticut, it's a really rich sports area and really rich football area. And so... Coupled with having some talent to throw and the kind of culture I grew up in, I fell in love with football. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and you went on to dominate at uh, Shelton High School, and you won state championship, and you're named All-American. And then what was your, like, recruiting process like? My recruiting process was kind of – it it was a little bit late. Mm -hmm. UConn was on me earliest and most often from about my sophomore year. And then I would get your random letters here and there that were, I would imagine, pretty customary for a lot of recruits. And then once I committed, I started making some official visits to Virginia and Michigan State and Purdue and uh, UConn had stayed on me. And then I committed to UConn before my senior season. And then my recruiting really picked up where I was getting you know, offers or letters from Penn State and Tennessee mm-hmm. and Florida. But I was so committed to UConn and Coach Ed. So, so my recruitment wasn't crazy heavy. Yeah. Uh, but once I made a commitment to UConn, it actually picked up a little bit. Wow, that's crazy. So so you basically chose UConn just because they were with you the whole time. Yeah, I chose UConn because, one, they came in first. Mm-hmm. Two, I really fell in love with coach Edsel and his message and the challenge that he presented in three. I wanted to try and go do something that everyone thought would be crazy or impossible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And what, what was your overall experience like at, at UConn? Oh, it was incredible. It was an experience that I could only have hoped for and tenfold. Uh, Just the, the relationships that were built, the challenges that were faced, the adversity that was overcome. Less were learned, you know, being from the state of Connecticut and then going and being a part of what I was a part of at UConn, I still, I still get talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. I still talk to just, I would, I would be close to where I am right now, if not for my time at UConn. Yeah, for sure. I think just like you mentioned before, you, you on the, you wanted that challenge and, and you were the one that put uh, UConn football on the map. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate. I was a yeah. uh, part of a really important program. I was a, uh, part of a really good team we had a lot of good players and like i said like 
you go there with a dream or a vision or a goal, and then you accomplish it and probably exceed it. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really rewarding. Definitely, definitely. And when, when did you think you had like a shot at making the NFL? I would say back into my sophomore year of college is when I actually thought, all right, this might happen. It was always obviously a, mm-hmm. a dream or yeah. a, a wish or a goal. But back into my sophomore season, we started playing some more notarized national games. I started playing pretty good. And then my name started getting floated around with guys like Mel Kuyper and some of the draft people realized like, okay, I'm, this is, this is no longer just like a, a childhood wish upon a star type thing. This is got the chance to be a reality. And I knew I went to school and I got in trouble for this at school. Like I always said there was no plan B. I had always said all my eggs are in one basket. I was going to make this happen and there wasn't or else. And so once that my sophomore season got kind of got concluded, that's when I was like, yeah, this, this is going to happen. I'm, I'm going to make this actually fall into place. Gotcha. Got I like that. I like that. You, you said that you don't have a plan to be, but uh, going, going to into the draft, uh, what was like your projection like before the draft and getting drafted in the fifth round was that exceeding or not exceeding your uh, expectations? Yeah. I mean, higher expectations than that you know the draft is a very unique process where it's not something you work for for one or two years you work for it for 10 12 years and it's it's a process that a lot of people see it differently and and whatnot and i thought i would go in like the second or third round kind of the information from my agents Mm -hmm. was a little bit scattered but when you think about yourself when your agent tells you yeah you don't he doesn't know or you might fall you don't you're like, yeah, yeah, right. There's no chance. Yeah. So I ended up going to the fifth round, which was really frustrating and disappointing, but also euphoric and uh, very emotional. Mm-hmm. You, know, you quickly realize, and everyone has heard it, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, what you do when you get there type thing. And that was a motivating factor for me, for sure. And, and uh, I was fortunate to be drafted to an organization that gave me a chance. And certainly a difficult time, but I, I had an opportunity to get there. And, and again, from there, I felt like I controlled what was going to be the next decade. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And now being a ESPN NFL analyst, like, what, what do you think uh, most changed about the draft from like 2005 to like now? Oh, certainly the coverage. Yeah, you know, the, the draft has become its own entity and its own spectacle and, and, and Mel Kuyper certainly is a big part of that but you know it's still scrutinized in the same way mm-hmm. I would say be, because of social media there's more viewpoints and opinions on the draft on people on teams everybody now has the opportunity to say their opinion or say what they think about their team or about this player getting drafted here and so no longer is it really just individuals on a network. Mm-hmm. It's now because of social media. That is everybody's own individual network. I would say that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that, that is, is tied to the draft. Now it's also what makes the draft so cool, yeah. but it's still the same thing. It is still mm-hmm. dreams getting, fulfilled and hard work paying off and families celebrating it is still athletes proving doubters wrong 
It is still athletes being rewarded for their sacrifices. It is still new beginnings. It's still a lot of the, the same things that have been happening on happening for decades. Definitely, definitely. And going back to uh, Detroit when they drafted you, what, what was your first year like there? And then I, I believe, yeah, you got – what was your first game like, like your first pro NFL game? Yeah, my first year was wild. I mean, we were terrible as a football team, and you go, this is the NFL. And I went to Detroit in 2005 when the economic recession started, and so obviously there's some challenging times in Detroit when the economy started to fall off, and then – there's some challenging times in Detroit when you're there in December and January in the weather. And so there was a lot of really challenging aspects that you get thrown out there and you go from, I say this, like, it's really hard. You get thrown from being in college and being with your peers. And mm-hmm. I slept on a futon and kicked it with my buddies and played video games and played football. Then I'm in a locker room with 30 year old men. And there's a lot of challenges that, that go along with that. But also at the same time, I was in the NFL, and it was it was I was in the coolest job ever. My first game, our first time ever playing was, I believe, the second game of the year, or third game of the year. We were at the, on the road against Chicago. I was the number two quarterback. We were getting absolutely buried by them. Joey Harrington was our starting quarterback, and he was struggling. And they ended up kind of sitting Joey down in the fourth quarter. And I was forced to go play and uh, was just trying to like make sure that I didn't do anything catastrophic out there. I was just trying to get a play call and get a snap and whatnot. And, and I played a little bit that year because, because of the struggles we had as a football team, our head coach, Steve Mariucci got fired. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a unique situation. Let's say that. Definitely. Definitely. Then in uh, 08, you got your chance to uh, play more and start a few games. And what, what was it like getting your first touchdown? Yeah, I mean, getting a first start's amazing. You get the opportunity to be the guy. You get the opportunity to start the game. You're a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's only so many people mm-hmm. who could ever say that in the history of the world. So, really cool. Unfortunately, we were a really bad football team. Unfortunately, I made a really boneheaded play in my first start. But nevertheless, I accomplished something that was always a goal. I accomplished something that was always a dream. I accomplished something that 99% of the people that I'd ever come across with thought never happened in my life. So a lot of positives for me that I took from it. Yeah, definitely. Who was your uh, first uh, touchdown pass to? I believe my first career touchdown pass was to Roy Williams. Okay. Out of the University of Texas. Yep. It was a... Uh, like a bootleg or a naked or a quarterback keeper off motion and uh, threw it to Roy. Wasn't a, I think it was four, five, six yards, something like that. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So after that season, you were a free agent, so you got to like pick where you wanted to go. What, what was that like? Free agency was dope. You know, free agency <laughs> is cool to want to be wanted. Yeah. And to, get, to hit it for the first time. And and uh, took a couple visits and went down to Houston and. So uh, certainly a unique business aspect where my agent, you know, kind of played some games and, and strategy got a contract offer and, and I immediately was like, take that offer. And he was like, just let me work. And a couple <laughs> hours later, kind of tripled that offer. So uh, for agency was cool. It was, it was nice to kind of experience and uh, certainly financially was, was the benefit of it. 
Definitely, definitely. Now, uh, like overall, like being a career backup mostly, what like how did you prepare to be ready to like start? Well, the number one thing for me was I never thought of myself in that capacity. Your opportunity in the NFL, you usually get one, and you better be ready for that opportunity. And I never wanted to regret. I never wanted to have regret be a part of my career where the opportunity presented itself and I was not ready. And so I always prepared and practiced and got myself ready and went about my business on Friday nights or a Saturday like I was going to take the first snap. I owed it to myself. I owed it to my future self. I owed it to my teammates to think in that capacity. Definitely studied a ton and watched an extreme amount of film. That was going to be my, I don't want to say preparation, but that was going to be how I was able to go confidently onto the field as if I mentally knew my game plan and mentally studied a ton of tape and knew my def- the defense. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could go on the field confident and play if I didn't have a thousand reps. Definitely, definitely. And uh, what, what made you go back to Detroit uh, 2014? Jim Caldwell, the head coach who I had the opportunity to play for in 2011, was certainly part of that. I always loved Michigan. I always loved the people there. Frankly, money, you know, and, you know, the contract that was offered to me. Uh, I did not know Matthew Stafford at that time, but I was super intrigued with working with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that was the main motivation. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um, like, what, what advice would you give to a young football player trying to get a D1 scholarship or trying to make it to the NFL? It will take more work than you could ever fathom. It will take more sacrifice than you could ever fathom. It will unquestionably challenge you in, in, in ways that you never thought you would be challenged. It will 100% be worth it. I've been around a lot of guys mm-hmm. that regret and will send me messages or send me notes or call me or text message me, and they will always say, I wish I worked harder. I wish I focused more. I wish I listened to you. Or I wish I worked out with you or whatever. I don't have a single guy who has ever called me and said it, never, it, it wasn't worth it. You know what? The work that we put in didn't pay off. Don't listen to other people except the people that matter to you. Again, I played for 12 years in the NFL, and 99% of the people that I had come across in my life told me I never would. So you're always, no matter how good you are, someone's going to tell me, tell you you can't. Just because someone tells you you can doesn't mean you have. And it's important to understand that it doesn't happen overnight. It happens to failure. And you've got to be willing to fail to get there. You've got to be willing to... Not believe in yourself enough to put yourself out there enough to fail to get there. There might be the random 1% that they're just the freaks. The rest of the guys that make it, make it because they believe in themselves. And they don't have a, a fail clause. They don't have a bailout plan. They control what they control. I consider it saying as a 35-year-old, I don't regret a single moment where I chose my football career over a party or over doing this or doing that. I always put that first mm-hmm. when I was young and it paid off. Definitely. Definitely. So after you retired in 2017, did you know you wanted to be like an NFL analyst or did it just happen? I had always thought of getting into television. You know, mm-hmm. I had always, I was never the person I'm a big person. I'm a big picture thinker. But I, I, I never put action towards that picture. 
Mm-hmm. Meaning when I was playing football, I didn't really think about what I was going to do after football because I was getting paid to focus on being a football player. Yeah. That was my job. And then when I got done, I, I certainly had the thought of what I was going to do, but I never really was uh, making steps towards that. And when I got done, I thought about getting into television and then I started doing some stuff and st- started to really like it. And then, okay, I, I feel like I'm doing some stuff here that's pretty cool and, and, and I'm good at. And so um, it, it kind of opened some doors for me social media-wise. and mm-hmm. That's kind of how I ended up at ESPN. Yeah, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think you were putting out stuff on social media, just like plays and stuff like that, and then it picked up. And is that how ESPN saw you? Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. started breaking down stuff on Twitter, and then yeah. that kind of gained traction, and that opened up some doors from networks saying, hey, will you come on our show and do this? On you know, So I would drive up to New York City from Philadelphia on my own, and um, I would do – I would pay for my own train or pay for my own ride. And I'd go up there and do my own work just to, again, I believed in it. I believed mm-hmm. in myself. And, and I thought that if I went out and showed doors would open and they did. And that's when a couple of networks came calling and I was fortunate enough to have a couple options and fortunate and blessed to work, you know, make a decision to go work for ESPN and be a part of their great company. Definitely. Definitely. You got any uh, predictions for the 2019 season? Predictions are, are tricky because you don't know necessarily how everything will unfold and injuries and whatnot. I do know that this is probably the healthiest the NFL has been in a long time when it comes to the teams. Mm-hmm. You could go to every division and point to two teams at least that you could see winning that division and making the playoff run outside of maybe the AFC East and they have the defending Super Bowl champion. The AFC is loaded with young quarterback talent. The NFC is loaded with proven quarterback talent. You know, it's, it'll be a fun year it, to, to sit here and say, like, I, I, I love the Chiefs, but their defense concerns me. I love the Browns. Can they do it? I love the Colts. I love the Patriots still. The Chargers, I mean, every, everyone's going to be very good. The, the Falcons, are they healthy against if they are? They're Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys are loaded. The Eagles will be unbelievable. So I, I know that's not necessarily a prediction, but they're kind of they're, they're tricky. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there any? What about? Is there any quarterbacks that you're looking forward to see? Certainly Baker. Certainly mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Certainly Andrew Luck. Certainly Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, I love watching all quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, you ready for some fun questions? They're gonna go from average sure. to savage. What's your favorite song right now? Cool by the Jonas Brothers. Oh, that was fast. Usually people are thinking about it. <laughs> what about? Yeah, I, I'd say Cool by the Jonas Brothers or. One Man Band by Old Dominion. All right. What about what are three jerseys that you want that you don't own? I don't own any jerseys. <laughs> um, I, that's a lie. I own one jersey. It's signed by Calvin Johnson, who I was fortunate enough to play with. I don't have a desire to go get anybody's jersey. I, I've played with Hall of Famers. I've played with Peyton Manning and Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson. Played with a lot of great players. Um, I don't have desires to go and go get anybody's jersey. If I could go get one jersey signed right now, it would be Carson Wentz. My wife's family and are, and are from Philly. My kids are Eagles fans, so I'd go get a Wentz jersey signed for them. All right, that's cool. The last one, top five quarterbacks of all time, like your favorite. Favorite quarterbacks of all time. John Elway for the, for the, the toughness that he played with. Brett Favre for the courageousness that he played with. 
Peyton Manning for the precision that he played with, Tom Big Brady for the obsession that he played with, and I'm going to say a teammate of mine, Matthew Stafford, for the toughness that he played with. He's also a good friend of mine, so I'm allowed to put him in my top five. <laughs> All right, perfect. I appreciate you coming on. Can you let the people know where they can follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, just at Dan Orlovsky, the number seven on Twitter is, is the best option. All right, once again, appreciate it, and good luck this season. Thanks, dude. That's it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.